1: You know, in 1998, I did a cover story for GQ. The title was Youngest Congressman Ever. And since then, every story has tried to explain how I got here so fast. And the, and the word that people kept uh, using was authentic. Uh, but here's the problem. This isn't even my tie. This tie was selected for me by a group of specialists in Tenafly, New Jersey, who chose it over 56 other ties we tested. In fact, our data suggests that I have to stick to either a tie that is red or a tie that is blue. A yellow tie made it look as if I was taking my situation lightly, and I may, in fact, pull my pants down again at any moment. (laughs) A silver tie meant that I'd forgotten my roots my shoes. You know, shiny shoes, we associate with uh, high-priced lawyers and bankers. If you want to get a working man's vote, you need to scuff up your shoes a little bit. But you can't scuff them up so much that you alienate the lawyers and the bankers because you need them to pay for the specialist back in Tenafly. <laughs> so what is the proper scuffing amount? Do you know, we actually paid a consultant $7,300. It was, was it 7300 Charlie? $7,300 for a consultant to tell us that this is the perfect amount of stuffing.
2: To the main event, yes, authentic. What what is authentic anymore? We don't know. We don't know what our government's doing. We don't know what their angle is. Why did Donald Trump skip town on the uh, Republican debate this week? Was it because he uh, thought that would be a good idea, or was he scared? Is he looking for an excuse to lose? So because he doesn't want to be in there. I don't know, but I'll tell you what, you will hear exactly what I think on this show because uh, I'm not scripted, you'll hear some uhs and some pauses and some thinkings, and I'll tell you what all that stuff, uh, what I'm relating to as we get on with it, but uh, and we'll talk about our debate and we'll talk about a few other things that happened on this last week, but first let me get it, uh, let me introduce myself, my name's Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender located in the city of Marina Valley, also offices in Temecula, Corona, Orange, Downey, and Westlake Village, and coming very extremely soon, West Covina. Uh, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, and you want to deal with someone that has some common sense or things like you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, and a little slower so you can write it down, 855-640-2020. If you want to talk, if you want to get some information but you don't want to talk to me out loud because you're at work, you're stealing time from your boss, you're doing the you're doing the democrat thing and you know doing your stuff on someone else's dime, uh, stop that and uh, wait till your lunch break and uh, go to edhoffman.net, click on apply now, put as much information as you want to give me and at, let me know how much information you want from me, you'll hear back from uh, and let us know how to get how you want to be contacted. And you'll hear back from either myself or one of my teammates, Randy Sampius, Matt Bradbury, Justin Clark, or Alex Rojas. Um, if you hear something you want repeated, you can also uh, hear the show replayed on edhoffman.net. Click on Listen to the Main Event. You can hear this show in four past shows. Or you can get the podcast on iTunes or uh, am590theanswer.com. Uh, and then iTunes, just search Ed Hoffman and you can have it download for free once a week on your uh, iPhone, your iPad, your iPod, your iWatch, eyeballs, anywhere else you want it, your computer. So, uh if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am uh, outspoken, opinionated uh little tweets um all week long on uh, what's going on. Um and then you can like the show on Facebook by going to Facebook search the main event 590 to find the show page. You can also read my weekly opinion columns at iebusinessdaily.com that's inland empire business daily iebusinessdaily.com click on the opinion tab and you'll see a full list of comments this this week's column is about the movie 13 hours uh, which is why uh, Hillary 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 Clinton's emails should matter more than whatever Donald Trump is doing um but go on there you'll hear my you'll you'll see my opinion on it and for those of you who haven't seen it go see it this weekend Um, so, uh, this week in the house, in the house again with me, my co-pilot, Mr. Scott Mike McAfee of Don's Bikes, uh, here, uh, this is the
3: first time you've been back since, uh, since you soloed. It is. First of the year. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, for those of you listening who think, oh, I could come on the air and do that stuff. It's not as easy as it sounds. I know Ed and I make it sound like seamless and easy. Because we're so good at it. Exactly. But that was my first time doing a solo show. It was challenging. And uh, I think the thing that people don't realize is that you really have to be focused. You have to kind of, you know, hang on to every word. You, you want to obviously be an educational. You want to be entertaining. You want to be funny. But it's kind of like doing a stand-up routine, but you don't get any feedback from the audience. You uh-huh. know, do people think that was funny? Or are they yelling at me? You know what I mean? Kind of like uh, Ted Cruz's comment at
2: the debate uh, Thursday night.
3: Oh, that's messed up. Ben.
2: Yeah, it's like, uh, hey, you know what? I just might walk off stage. And they're going, is this guy having a little baby temper, temper tantrum, and I, think, I said, I think that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs>
3: <Just> <laughs> all right, some of you did go over it that great. I mean, not everybody can be Ed Hoffman and Scott McAfee in terms of joke delivery, right, Ed?
2: Exactly. You know, right. uh, we should play the the, the, uh, the, the, greedy, bastard, uh, the greedy bastard clip from uh, A Good Year. Can you say that se- on the air? The, the se- I do it all the time. <laughs> the secret, to, the secret to, to Rich's lab rats is the same as the secret to comedy, timing. Exactly. So, uh, so we had a, uh, a couple of things that we want to talk about. you uh, want to talk about before we get into the debate um, about uh, Planned Parenthood.
3: Yeah, I did actually. This was an article that I uh, came across. This is actually something that I think deserves a lot more airtime and a lot more news coverage than what it's getting. Uh, but this is uh, from Life News. They reported Monday a Texas grand jury has ignored the videos exposing a Houston-based Planned Parenthood abortion clinic caught selling aborted baby parts and has instead indicted the man behind producing the expose videos, the Texas grand jury indicted David Daleiden and another proactive pro-life activist, uh, Sandra Merritt, behind the videos. Instead of prosecuting planned parented for selling aborted baby parts, Daleiden was indicted for buying them. Daleiden and Merritt were charged with one felony related to tampering with a government record and a misdemeanor count related to buying human tissue. What, did he actually buy them? No, not as far as just, I know. Was
2: just, uh, it
3: was acting. an undercover sting operation. Yeah. Um, going on, it says the felony charge was in reference to the use of a fake ID. Have you ever had a fake ID, Ed? Um, Senator, I have no recollection. Okay. Um, if convicted, Delighton faces 20 years in prison, while Planned Parenthood officials face no legal consequences for their actions. Uh, the pro-life op, the pro-life group, Operation Rescue, InformLifeNews.com. Here's, here's the kicker, everybody. Uh, the kicker is that a prosecutor in the Harris County District Attorney's Office serves on the board of directors for Planned Parenthood. Can you follow
2: the money on this
3: one? Unbelievable. Um, if this isn't tyranny, I don't know what is. I think everybody who's pro-life should be outraged. I think if you're pro-choice, you should be outraged and scared uh, that this is what we're doing. Everybody uh,
2: everybody's who's human Who's human and has a and has a conscience should be outraged.
3: Yeah, th- this is awful. I met David Delight and I actually heard him speak. Uh, I'm gonna try to actually get him to come on the air. I don't even know if he can now, but uh, it's an outrage. We uh, could do a,
2: we could do a live remote from jail in uh, Harris Harris County, Harrisburg County. Whatever
3: whatever it takes. We'll, go to, it takes. we'll go to
2: Texas. Don will be happy because she's been wanting to do a road trip.
3: Okay. Well, I thought that was definitely something important that was worth mentioning before we get into all the juicy debate stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, the juicy debate stuff. You know what the exciting part is? And this is what I was excited about this debate from a couple of weeks ago is is – we actually start voting. Well, we say Americans start voting on Monday.
3: Yes. It's finally coming to a head, Ed. We're gonna have a candidate here before you know
2: it. Ah, uh, yeah. Well next well, two or three months.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but the process it will begin. It's now. gonna
2: it's gonna get more exciting and the polls are gonna mean more. But uh you know, uh Thursday night, all but one of the Republican candidates gathered at uh, in Des Moines, Iowa, which is the capital of Iowa for those of you who don't know your capitals. Um I still remember him from like second grade. Um, for the final debate before the Iowa caucus, which for those of you who don't know, that's how they vote in Iowa. I think they vote normal at the general election, but
3: it's kind of confusing.
2: It's a, I think it's a rah rah. It's a rah uh, party where they where they uh, they act like they're at the they're act like they're at the, the convention or at the New York Stock Exchange, um, and they and they get people to to go into their side and it's peer pressure and all that stuff. But, uh, Hey, that's Iowans, you know, uh, they got free corn over there. So, uh, as most, of you know, Donald Trump chose not to participate because Fox news refused to uh, cower to his demands to drop Megan Kelly as a moderator. I don't know how I feel about this. I, you know, part of me says that was a stupid, that was a stupid decision. I, I'm thinking about what my opinion was before it happened. I said, that's stupid right before the election. And, and my initial impression was maybe he doesn't want to be president maybe this is his way of of finding an excuse to to lose so he gets you know cuz party says hey if i had 10 billion dollars would i want to be president mm, probably not
3: well, I think Trump does want to be president. I know you and I sent a few uh, texts back and forth on this issue. Is it a good move? Is it a bad move? Uh, who am I to second guess Donald Trump? It seems like every time he says something stupid or does something I think is a mistake, it seems to bump him in the polls. Uh, do I think this is, was, was a mistake? I say yes. I think it was a mistake because it was kind of the last opportunity to make a last impression in the state where this voting begins. And to... to, to uh, to talk when when people say, Well, he was afraid of Megan Kelly, and so well, I think one of the things that Donald Trump has prided himself on was to be able to take on the media and use them to his advantage so and and he
2: had he had nothing but he had nothing to gain i don't think i th- I don't really think he's he's comfortable in those situations. He likes it when everyone's just coming to see him so he can talk about the polls. Oh we're doing so good in the polls, oh, we're doing so good in the polls. He really didn't talk much sometimes. it's It's kind of like hey, I'm Donald Trump.." I make decisions all the time. I negotiate with people all the time. How hard can this job be? And, you know, I kind of agree with that.
3: Mm. Well, again, we're going to find out pretty quick whether that was a good move or not. Um, I did think it was interesting that at least 20 people have come out in National Review and wrote an articles kind of against Trump, uh, including Thomas Sowell, Michael Medved, our own Michael Medved from this station, Bill Crystal. What What's your take on that?
2: Um, that, they, that they're that writing, I I don't know what it is is that these guys don't like about Trump. They have to see. I mean, conventional wisdom says this is how how government works. This is how how the Republicans want it to be. And, and like I said about the the two sides of the Republican Party that Newt Gingrich said you have the the creative side and the and the control side, and they want the control. I think we need. I think we need. You know, hey, we're. Uh, What's that song, a holding out for a hero or something? Um, I think we need a hero. I think we need a Ronald Reagan. I don't think Ronald Reagan was that immersed in politics, and I don't think the Republican Party really was supporting him at first, and he turned out to be one of our greatest presidents. Um, I think we need someone who, who makes us feel strong, makes us feel and makes you feel good about being American, uh, will stand up, to the, stand up to the bullies and has no can't be bought and i think maybe i think maybe donald trump i'm not saying he's the guy i want cuz the guy i want is a girl um uh the but if he gets to, if he gets the nomination i'm okay with that cuz i think that might just be the what we need to to wake up everybody in america
3: well, I definitely think you're right. We need a radical change. And I think one of the things these guys are missing, far be it for me, even though I am one of the most respected political analysts in the country, far be it for me to uh, to second guess those guys. But they're kind of missing the point of Trump. Whether you like him or not, Trump has done some great things for us. Number one, he's gotten rid of political correctness. That was great. Number two, he's brought attention to issues that otherwise wouldn't even be talked about. Um, and he's also brought a lot more publicity and attention to the Republican Party in general. Exactly. So I think those are things he's got to be given props for, whether you like Donald Trump or not.
2: And you can't argue with—I'll tell you, when you think about the business that he runs, I think about the business that I run. My business isn't as big as his. I have 170 employees. We're dealing with all the regulation and red tape of the mortgage industry. It's it's way more expensive and it's way more complex than anybody anybody can even imagine compared to how we used to do the how we used to do it 10 years ago um or let's say 20 years ago because 10 years ago we were in uh, we were in subprime and that wasn't a good example but i can imagine you're building 50 story buildings on manhattan island um and and in hawaii and all these places you don't you can't complete projects like that without knowing what you're doing and having some good people around you and i think <laughs> I I'd give him I give him the respect.
3: No, absolutely. And I I'm sure doing business in New York has got to be maybe almost as difficult as doing business in California. I think it's a friggin' miracle that anybody has a business in mm-hmm. California. Uh it's not easy. It's definitely not easy.
2: Yeah, we're still uh we're still the, both the the two big two big Democrat liberal uh, idiot states
3: which kind of stinks
2: exactly so uh, we can turn it around folks we can turn it around starting now yeah exactly but uh, <laughs> um, but even even without Donald Trump there he still got plenty of mentions I tweeted out uh, in the first 20 minutes that he got more air time than anybody else and he wasn't even there um, he got plenty of mentions at the beginning of the night
4: case in point Marco Rubio Chris, let's begin by being clear what this campaign is about. It's not about Donald Trump. He's an entertaining guy. He's the greatest show on earth. This campaign is about the greatest country in the world and a president who has systematically destroyed many of the things that made America special. You see, we usually elect presidents in America that want to change the things that are wrong in America. Barack Obama wants to change America. Barack Obama wants America to be more like the rest of the world. We don't want to be like the rest of the world. We want to be the United States of America. And that is why... That is why Hillary Clinton cannot win this election. Hillary Clinton Hillary Clinton, this week said Barack Obama would make a great Supreme Court justice. The guy who systematically and habitually violates the Constitution on the Supreme Court, I don't think so. If I'm our nominee, I will unite this party, and we will defeat Hillary Clinton, and we will turn this country around once and for all after seven years of the disaster that is Barack Obama.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds like it sounds like the same old speech. You know, I I say, you know what? Nobody talks that fast. Nobody talks that fast. Um, you know, exactly one minute long. Uh, doesn't take a breath. Doesn't take time to think. And he's scripted. He almost almost all night. This is you know Marco Rubio may will probably make a good president someday. Not today. I don't think he's. I don't think he's there. Um, and I don't know, I don't really know who he is because all he does is, is practice his speeches. And I don't know who wrote those speeches.
3: Well, I don't know either. Um, I will say that I think, could he unite the party? Maybe. Is he one of the more electable people? Electable meaning the the odds of him beating Hillary Clinton? Probably. He's not my number one guy for a variety of some other reasons that maybe we'll get to, but, uh, he speaks strong. Um, I think he's saying the right things. I know you've heard it and you, you and I have heard those things again and again and again. Uh, maybe that's part of what it takes to uh, get the message across.
2: Maybe, but the, us news junkies. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, man, he's so good. He's, you know what?
2: Ben Shapiro, I guess Ben Shapiro uh, is, is the only guy that can talk that fast and think that fast. He's very and, quick. And he, he's quick, but Marco Rubio, I don't think Marco Rubio is Ben Shapiro. Okay.
3: Uh,
2: I, don't think so. I don't think so. So anyway, uh, uh, let's see here. So right, right away, the candidates were asked to address terrorism. Uh, terrorism Ted Cruz has been polling second in Iowa for the past several weeks. Defunded the anti-ISIS strategy. Defunded the anti-ISIS strategy he has received criticism for for, for talking about carpet bombing. Uh, here's Here's what Cruz said in response to critics who say he doesn't even know what carpet bombing is.
5: You want to know what carpet bombing is? It's what we did in the first Persian Gulf War. 1,100 air attacks a day. Saturation bombing that utterly destroyed the enemy. Right now, Barack Obama is launching between 15 and 30 air attacks a day. He's not arming the Kurds. We need to define the enemy. We need to rebuild the military to defeat the enemy. And we need to be focused and lift the rules of engagement so we're not sending our fighting men and women into combat with their arms tied behind their back.
2: Yeah, I could uh I could uh I could probably agree with everything said. Um carpet bombing. I think carpet bombing when you watch I guess when you watch uh uh the Vietnam stuff where they're flying and there's bombs and napalm and everything just burning everything down and uh that's what I think of, but
3: well, I know I, I mean I know what carpet bombing is. I just want to know are we going to bomb them if they have hardwood floors and tile?
2: Um I think I think th- I think they I think they're worried about you know, with hardwood floors they could splinter. Okay. And uh and tile they could they could chip and then it maybe one of the Muslims that's in the house could, could get a could get it in there. Could, yeah, could get a splinter. It okay. could so get a splinter or get Okay, So we just bomb them
3: eye. if they have carpets.
2: Exactly. Got it. Exactly. Okay. So Cruz Cruz started out strong. He started out strong but he's getting a uh, flack for a couple of moments when he came off sounding like a whiner. Yeah, he I don't I think Trump not being there, um Cruz actually felt like he's the number one guy there he's the he's the that's because
3: he is (laughs) and uh
2: and he was but he's acting like he's the i think he lost his edge because he just looked like a whiner let me play this
5: clip Chris, Chris, I was mentioned no, in that question. No, you were, you, your name wasn't mentioned, Ted. I, I wasn't, actually, I don't coming. think your name was mentioned. I, I think the vote, no, sir. Chris, I, your you fact, I think, I think, attacked, I think, I think the vote, question? question was about, it's not my question that you get a chance to respond to. <laughs> it's his answer. You don't get 30 seconds to respond to me. Your question was you have disagreed. You don't get 30 seconds to respond to me. Opening I'd like to go on, sir. I know you like to argue about the rules but we're going to conduct the debate. Thank Governor, you. Bush, the que- Governor Bush, Attack, that- here's the question Governor Bush, yeah. here's the question. I'm going to ask Governor Bush the question.
2: Yeah, that was <laughs> that wasn't good.
3: <laughs> That's was kind of funny.
2: It was It was funny, but he's your he's your choice. <laughs> he now. is my boy. He's your boy, but we don't even know if he's uh, elected.
3: We don't even know if he's eligible. Oh, you don't want to go there again now, do you?
2: I go there every day.
3: I know you do. That's why I don't put him on
2: my list. All right. Just because I want clarity.
3: If we have time left, or which we never do, we'll get into that again.
2: I want clarity. So uh, John Kasich, who uh, I tweeted out uh, Thursday night, is a uh, two uh, establishment, two wussy, and two Democrat to, to be our president because he wants to save he wants to save all the poor people and save all you know he just doesn't understand the country he's uh he's he just he needs to be on the Democrat stage against Hillary and uh, and uh, Bernie okay. so and I, uh,
3: I have an important trivia question for about John Kasich for you ready yeah is John Kasich's dad a a mailman b a coal miner or c it doesn't matter because he's annoying and should drop out of the race
2: um b and c
3: Okay, actually, the answer was is C. He was born a coal miner. miner.
2: Isn't he a coal miner? I think he is, son? actually.
3: But the real answer, the more important answer, is C. Really? Because I'm tired of John Kasich. Yeah, me too. I've had me enough.
2: Me too. And uh, and while we're talking about things that don't matter, uh, Rand Paul comes from <laughs> Bull- Rand Paul comes from Bowling Green, Kentucky. That's nice. What's the only thing that comes out of Bowling Green, Kentucky? Bowling that
3: alleys. I, I don't Corvettes, know. Corvettes, man. Oh, was, oh Corvettes. I'm sorry. Yeah, and you've got one.
2: The Corvette. The Corvette factory's there. All right. I got three. I got uh, two Corvettes in my ju- in my garage and a, a Cadillac XLR that's Don's, and uh, but that's built on the at the Corvette place too. Mm. So, uh, so poor John Kasich, he's polling two percent in Iowa, and had a hard time last night. Uh, Rand Paul finished answering a question on terrorism. Kasich attempted to inject himself into the debate, and Megan Kelly wouldn't allow it. it sounds kind of like a Ted Cruz moment. Go ahead.
0: There was a question about foreign policy, by the way, and experience, and I, I thought if I didn't jump in, I might not be able to tell everybody this. I think they'd want to hear it. Look, I served well, on. No, we'll be
6: talking I about foreign policy or, a little bit later.
4: We're going we to we talk. Have lot, we
6: have a lot to cover, but we want, but, to, we want uh, to turn the page to domestic uh, uh, terror. But, 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 but wait, no, wait a minute. No, the no, only no. reason is. No, 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 look, because we want to turn the page to domestic terror. And let me tell can, you why. It, it, we're partnering with Google on this debate, and they're telling us that their search okay. results have gone through the roof. I on, always on listen people, to you, Megan. Go ahead. You're a good man, Governor Kasich. People, the search results, the searches for terror issues, for safety issues in America have gone through the roof, increased over 400% since 2008. People are worried. They're worried about what's happening in the country and about a domestic terror attack, as all of you know. Now, in combating this threat, Senator Rubio, uh, you've advocated closing down mosques. We'll get back to you. Uh, yeah, you're a
3: good man, uh, which means shut the hell up.
2: Exactly. You say, <laughs> hey, yeah, get a, get away from me. We're trying to get a, uh, a debate going on. Um yeah. He, I don't even
3: know how he's pulling at two percent. I don't know how who's voting
2: for this guy. At two percent, how did he get on the main stage? I exactly They had Carly Fiorina over there. She could have been on stage. Hmm. Uh, another dust up with the moderators happened when Chris Wallace reminded Jeb Bush that he criticized Rubio and Cruz for refusing to give president authority to endorse the red line in Syria.
5: And uh, then he said this. Given the fact that your brother got us into two wars in Iraq and Afghanistan that have still not ended, Ooh. that have still not ended, what lessons have you learned from his mistakes, sir?
2: And Jeb's response was...
0: I was critical of the senators not giving the president the authorization to use military force. They should have made it more open-ended for the next president. We shouldn't have the war fighters have their uh, arms tied behind their back, as President Obama wanted to do. But they had a chance to show support, and it wasn't popular at the time. It became popular after the attack in Paris and San Bernardino. Now we hear the tough talk.
2: Your comments? Um, I'm sorry. Was was he talking? Um, I just nodded off. It was something. It was something. You know. Jeb Bush. What did he say? He was, he was boring. Oh. He's always boring. He's always boring. You know, I, I saw him speak a couple years ago with, with his brother Yeah, at the Mortgage Bankers oh. Conference. I thought he was, I thought he I actually thought he was good. But I think the world has changed since then, and my appetite for Jeb Bush is just...
3: Well, maybe the uh, problem is that Jeb Bush next to, I don't know, maybe half a dozen dead people would be interesting. But the problem is he is on stage with some other people that are fairly charismatic and entertaining. Well,
2: at the time he was there talking with his brother, ex-president George W., former president George W. And who I who I have tremendous respect for, and they were they were talking about Obama. They weren't talking
3: about.
2: Oh, he didn't have any competition up there. It was here. Here's what we're talking about.
3: That uh, sounds boring to me. Anyways, I don't understand how Charles Krauthammer Krauthammer thought that Jeb Bush won the debate.
2: What? George uh, Jeb Bush did not win the debate. But, <laughs> Come on. But uh, he, he did have some good moments uh, that, uh, that were better than usual. Hey, we're out of time for part one. We'll be right back after some uh, commercials and traffic and weather. Don't go away. We'll be right back with part two of the main event.
0: Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing.
2: Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will
0: listen to every damn word I have to say.
2: With part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President, Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. If you're not going to hear much about uh, financing, but if you need a reverse mortgage or a forward mortgage, a refinance or a purchase, and you uh, want to talk to someone that has some common sense and uh, thinks like you do? Call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. I'm in the I'm in the booth today with uh, proprietor of Don's Bikes, Scott McAfee, uh, and we're talking about the uh, talking about the debate Thursday night. And uh, we just finished talking about how boring uh, Mister Jeb Bush
3: was. Uh, before we go on, uh, any more comments on that? Well, yeah. I mean, finally, I know they did mention Jeb Bush's book. Which I honestly don't even remember the name of it It had something to do with immigration Something to do Yeah, and he even mentioned you can get it really cheap on Amazon Translation, nobody bought it It probably sold like three copies um, but I think when Bush is up there and he's talking about illegal aliens and we're going to, we're going to bring them out of the shadows, they can pay a fine. Uh, they can, uh, learn to not cut in front of the line and say a bunch of nonsense. Uh, part of me thinks that the only reason Jeb Bush even says those sorts of things is because Trump isn't out on the stage to call him out on that kind of nonsense.
2: Correct. And I, and I, uh, I actually tweeted out that, uh, he had a good answer on one of his, on one of his, I said, Hey, that's a good answer. He probably is probably his uh, brother George W. Probably uh, wrote it for him because <laughs> nice. uh, you know what he just doesn't come across as having any uh... personality.
3: Well, oh, or I sorry. was I
2: was thinking of I was thinking something more about a bodily part mm. that uh, is below the waist. Okay, um, that we can't say on t on on the radio on Salem. They they don't like to talk about that stuff. So, uh, but someone who made a little comeback was one of my original three top three, and still in my top three today, since uh, we can't resolve the the Ted Cruz thing as to whether he's legal to be a president. Uh, But Ben Carson, he had some good answers, including this one on whether the Republican uh, Party is sending the wrong messaging to Muslims.
4: We need to stop allowing political correctness to dictate our policies because it's going to kill us if we don't. And, you know, in the Holy Land Foundation trial in 2006 uh, in Texas, you know, they had a memorandum, an explanatory memorandum that talked about the fact that Americans would be easy to overcome and to commit civilization jihad because they we're going to be trying to protect the rights of the very people who are trying to subvert them. But, you know, I believe in the Teddy Roosevelt philosophy. Teddy Roosevelt said we are a nation of immigrants. As such, everybody is welcome from any race, any country, any religion, if they want to be Americans, if they want to accept our values and our laws, if not, they can stay where they are.
2: Yep. uh, Did you key on on that? If they want to be Americans and they want to speak English and go by our laws and respect the way we think and the way we uh, do our things and not bring so many people. We want to bring over their culture. We have to respect that.
3: Uh, You know, when I first heard the Holy Land Foundation, don't you think like they're talking about Israel? Doesn't that sound like an Israeli thing at first? I would think so. Yeah, I wouldn't know that it's a Muslim organization. Um, I definitely think this is an important point, and I don't remember the exact question, but it had to do with uh, you know Muslims, Islamophobia, uh, had to do with... uh, actually hate speech and even attacks on Muslims. And I'm thinking, okay, where? show me one example of an attack on Muslims since the San Bernardino attack, or even since 9-11. I can't think of one mosque that's been burned. I can't think of anything significant that has been retaliatory against Muslims in the United States.
2: Well, I put a loaded forty five in my office.
3: Well, okay, but that's not retaliatory against Muslims. That's well, probably just preventative care, I guess, is uh, what you
2: mean. Yeah, and I got— I, did my uh, concealed carry interview?
3: Nice. How'd that go?
2: Went went smooth. <laughs> so
3: they didn't listen to your radio show, they.
2: Well, uh, <laughs> he told me, he told me what I can and can't say. In fact, uh, in fact, he said, "Hey, let me know. We'll come on the radio and we'll tell everybody how things really are." Okay. Nice. And I didn't think he's uh, he hasn't yet. This
3: is from the sheriff's department.
2: From the sheriff's department. Bring them yes, home. it was a. Uh, all I got to do is take my uh, my certification course, which I'll do. Uh, Mm, i'm I'm just waiting for my arm to heal up so because yeah. you gotta fire like two hundred and fifty rounds uh in uh two hundred and fifty or five hundred i don't know
3: Um, I did want to say one thing uh, regarding Islamophobia. And, of course, we do pride ourselves in saying things that are politically incorrect. And I'm going to say something that nobody else has said yet, and that is that I am Islamophobic. And I think that there's no reason to not be. As a matter of fact, if if what President Obama says is that Muslims are the target of a lot of their own Islamic extremism, they should be Islamophobic, too. Uh, And when you look at what's a phobia, well, it's an unreasonable fear of something. Is Is it unreasonable to be afraid of Islam at this point?
2: I think it's completely reasonable.
3: I think so too. I think
2: uh, I can't wait to get to uh, our Carly Fiorina yep. clips, but let's uh, let's keep going in order. So uh, Chris Christie, we want to give some of these guys some airtime just because they you know they showed up to the showed up to the uh, to the debate. So Chris Christie had a few good lines. This one uh, on uh, attacking Hillary. Well, let me tell you what the country should really be worried about. I watched that town hall meeting
0: with the Democrats the other night, and I heard Hillary Clinton asked a direct question by an Iowan, and that's what Iowans like to do. They like to ask direct questions. And they asked about her email situation.
2: And here's what she said to the American people. She did it for convenience. For her convenience. She put America's secrets at risk for her convenience. She put American intelligence officers at risk for her convenience. She put American strategy at risk for her convenience. Let me tell you who's not qualified to be president of the United States, Chris. Hillary Rodham Clinton did that to our country. She is not qualified to be president of the United States. Yeah, I think that was a, a good one. And, uh, and for those of you who haven't seen uh, uh, 13 Hours, Bengh- the Benghazi movie, um, and for those of you that have, that's exactly you know uh you know her convenience was she taking a bubble bath when this stuff was going on in uh in benghazi cuz i think it started at 9:42 p.m. in the evening and that would make it about noon here right in washington dc i think they're about 9 hours ahead of uh 9 hours ahead of washington dc uh what was inconvenient that her and obama couldn't have you know i
3: don't even think we ever knew where obama was at the time well the interesting thing is there was really there was no mention at all of Hillary Clinton and Obama actually spoke at the start of the movie just talking about what a success Libya is or
2: was Oh yeah that's a great thing we, Yeah, we deposed uh uh Muammar, Muammar Gaddafi. Gaddafi right. The Muammar Gaddafi coffee maker. Uh, remember, <laughs> Say that 3 times fast. Remember Fraser Smith? When when that was way back. Well I think was- the
3: point of the movie was where was Hillary Clinton and the answer is nowhere where was the United States? And nowhere. the answer is nowhere, while well, we these guys Americans were being hung, hung out to dry.
2: And uh, we didn't answer their call for help.
3: Very well done movie. Go see it. And sure.
2: uh, yeah, and especially if you're a Democrat, you need to see it. Um, so even Rand Paul, who was given a spot back on the main stage, um, uh, thanks to Donald Trump not showing up, had his time in the spotlight. Here he is talking about his number one favorite issue, bulk data collection by the NSA.
0: The bulk collection of your phone data, the invasion of your privacy, did not stop one terrorist attack. I don't think you have to give up your liberty for a false sense of security. When we look at this bulk collection, the court has looked at this. Even the court declared it to be illegal. If we want to collect the records of terrorists, let's do it the old-fashioned way. Let's use the Fourth Amendment. Let's put a name on a warrant. Let's ask a judge for it. Let's respect the history of our country. John Adams said that we fought the war for independence because we wanted to fight against generalized warrants. Let's don't forget that.
2: This again reminds us of why we don't support Rand Paul,
3: and why we don't support libertarians in general. Why they get like one percent of the vote? Libertarians sound good for about five or ten minutes, and if you talk to them long enough, you're like, now nah, you don't make any more sense. The idea of having to get a search warrant every time you have a suspicion of something—how you know long that takes?
2: Yeah, and, take and, weeks. And, yeah, and watch the watch the uh, watch the Benghazi movie and see some of the parts. Hey. Hey, hey! I got him in my sights. I want to pull the trigger. I, this guy doesn't look good. Oh wait, you can't do it till you see a gun. I see a cell phone. You know that's how that cell phones how they set off uh, uh, explosives. Uh, what do they call them? IEDs. Mm-hmm. They set them off with cell phones. And uh, and um, Tyrone, I think it was Tyrone Woods, was uh, was uh, watching him and wanting to wanting to pull the trigger. Nope, you can't do that. Wait till you have to see a gun first. The rules of engagement. That we give our military guys is just—it's criminal. It's criminal. We don't allow. Hey, you know what? You can't shoot them till they shoot you first. Well, what happens if they hit? Then it's too late.
3: He also at one point said it's a mistake to close down mosques, uh, and it's like. In in spite of the fact that they may be radicalizing people and being a big part of the problem, uh, I think he's out to lunch on that
2: one. I would agree. And then uh, Rubio sees the opportunity to jump in on the on the terrorism uh, stance uh, in this clip.
4: The world is a safer and a better place when America is the strongest power in the world. And I believe only with a strong America will we defeat this radical group, this apocalyptic group called ISIS. That's why when I'm president, we are going to rebuild our intelligence capabilities and they're going to tell us where the terrorists are. And a rebuilt U.S. military is going to destroy these terrorists. And if we capture any of these ISIS killers alive, they are going to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. And we're going to find out everything they know. Because when I'm president, unlike Barack Obama, we will keep this country safe.
2: Cause when I'm president, I heard that so many times on Thursday night. Just uh, when I'm president, when I'm president, guess what? You're not going to be president.
3: for well, another, we don't know for, yet. For we don't know
2: that years. yet, Ed. We'll see. That's true, but I just don't think. I just don't think he's genuine yet. All right. I don't think he's. Uh, just uh, he's not there. I think he'll be a great president someday. I don't dislike him. I just want to. I just think that the way he memorizes speeches and, de- and the way he talks. We
3: don't know who he is. Well, OK. And I, and I think with Rubio, my final parting comment on him is I like Rubio. I like his style. Uh, I like most of the things he stands for. I think the uh, Gang of Eight bill would, would have been an unmitigated disaster had that have, have gone through. And I know when I'm reading Ann Coulter's book right now, she details a lot of what was actually in that bill. That would have been a stinking disaster. So I'm kind of a little eh about that when it comes to Marco Rubio. If he's my candidate, will I support him? 100 percent. Absolutely.
2: And he's got a good-looking family, don't forget.
3: He's got a great-looking family.
2: So uh, then the topic <laughs> turned to Obamacare. Uh, Cruz got a lot of applause from say, he, saying he planned to repeal, repeal it, and then, and then he laid out his health care reforms that he wants to do after it gets
5: replaced specific reforms that reflect those principles. Number one, we should allow people to purchase health insurance across state lines. That'll create a true 50-state national marketplace which will drive down the cost of low-cost catastrophic health insurance. Number two, we should expand health savings accounts so people can save in a tax-advantaged way for more routine health care needs. And number three, we should work to de-link health insurance from employment, so if you lose your job, your health insurance Insurance goes with you, and it is personal, portable, and affordable. And I'll tell you, Brad, I think that's a much more attractive vision for health care than the Washington-driven, top-down Obamacare that is causing so many millions of people to hurt.
2: Oh my goodness! You know, health insurance that goes with you. Then who pays for it? Because typically, your health insurance. When you're working for an employer that provides it, they pay for it. So then it goes with you. Does who gets to pay that? Does that mean you're going to come into your new new insurance, uh, your new employer, and say, "Okay, I got insurance. You got to pay. Start paying for me."
3: Yeah, that is a good question. Who pays for it? Uh, you and I know healthcare is kind of a disaster. I think it's even worse for you because you have more employees than I do. Uh, for me, I know it's something. I have that more goes- health problems. <laughs> well, I know that it,
0: it's
2: something. I'll get that a go- bike.
3: Oh, there you go, and you'll have less health problems when you buy a bike from Don's Bikes. Exactly. Um, But the point is that uh, you know it's for me at least. It's something that goes up at least ten percent every year. I know for you, it goes up. Seems to be going up even more than that. Yeah,
2: it's uh, it's it's ridiculously a disaster.
3: Uh, What can I say? Yes, I like Ted. Uh, I also like the fact that a lot of other senators don't like Ted, like John McCain and Lindsey Graham and all those establishment type people.
2: Exactly. No, uh, you know I I do like Ted. I do like ted i don't like I don't like him as much as I like Carly Fiorina and uh and I'm still not gonna I'm still not gonna vote for him until we have some some clarity some uh some uh some what's the word I'm looking for some closure hmm. some closure on uh what do you need to be to what is required to be a natural born citizen because there's sure a lot of conflicts and everybody seems to know of a a statute that says uh that says that uh Ted Cruz being born in Canada to an American hist- to American citizen mom and a uh and a dad who is a Cuban citizen, um makes him eligible to be the presidency, uh to hold the presidency, and I don't think I'm comfortable with that till I see what happened. But it is what it is. So uh uh earlier in the week earlier in the week, you know, I thought in general the the in general the debate was kind of boring.
3: I kind of liked it, but I'm a geek for this kind of stuff, anyways. I
2: am a geek for it too, but it just was just not as many fireworks. So it's the same old, same old thing, and nobody came up. You know what? I want to see. You know, you guys are they're campaigning against each other. Stir it up, man. You're, you know i You know, Chris Christie talks directly to the camera. You know, I want to talk to the American people. You know, what's the, what's the best for you when we do this? And the, do you want to have Hillary Clinton? You guys aren't. You got to get past the other guys before you can get on to Hillary Clinton. Um and if and Hillary Clinton may, be, may not even be the the candidate, I think. Uh, my prediction is Sanders is going to beat her in uh, in Iowa. Hmm.
3: Okay, that's an interesting prediction. You want to hit Carly's clips? So- uh,
2: yeah. So, oh, hold on. We have to oh. talk about the uh uh. Let's, we have to talk about the uh, Democrats had a had a town hall. Speaking uh, of boring. Speaking of boring. So uh, (laughs) CNN summed it up as, Hillary Clinton says she's a proven fighter. Bernie Sanders says that experience is important, but not the only thing that matters. And Martin O'Malley took off his jacket. Those are the highlights. So, uh, but you know, and... You know what most people are talking about the next day was Hillary. Hillary, Hillary, Hillary had a coughing fit, and while talking about Iranian sanctions, sanctions uh, Hillary just coughed. And I like it; she's coughing and coughing. And you know, hey, get this, get her some water. You know, uh, but the people started laughing at her. Let's play that.
6: There must be consequences. Let's see if I get some water here. <coughs> you do talk a lot in this campaign. Yeah, she does.
2: <laughs> they all talk a lot. <coughs>
6: <coughs> um, uh, excuse me, just one second here.
2: I've had moments like this, but I'm not running for president. <coughs> um, a lozenge. A lozenge. <coughs> <laughs> I would have had one in I my jacket one. pocket if I was up there.
6: Hey, you talk.
2: She's gagging. Everybody's laughing. She's
3: like dying on stage. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I no miss please this part. say yes. Then she comes up with her, with her strong stance.
3: Hang on. Ed, she's still gagging. <laughs> to <clears throat>
6: excuse me, stab sanctions back into place. Um, and we have to make sure that Iran knows that if they try <clears throat> to develop or acquire nuclear weapons... <laughs> The United States will stop them.
2: She sounds so strong.
3: Why do I find this so funny?
2: Because it's Hillary's, so funny. Hillary's dying up there. We've got to make sure. we got to make sure. They know there's going to be sanctions. There's going to be yeah. sanctions. They know there's going to be sanctions because every time they do something, we <laughs> say there's going to be sanctions. Well, and they still never coughing.
3: It. <laughs> it's still going. I thought uh, the clip stopped. One second here.
2: One second.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, at this point,
2: what difference does, <laughs> does it make? make? Hey, so Carly Fiorina was on the undercard. And she was asked a similar question about, uh, you know, uh, are the you know, the president says that that the, the threat from ISIS to our country is exaggerated. And they asked her, is it exaggerated? Listen to Carly Fiorina. This is the one I think should be president.
6: Newsflash, President Obama. Newsflash, Mrs. Clinton. Climate change is not our most pressing national security threat. <laughs> actually. Actually, it is ISIS. Followed closely by Iran, and those two things are linked, so that when our president cozies up to Iran, all of our allies in the Middle East who are ready to help us defeat ISIS wonder whose side we're on. And the truth is, under this president, we are on Iran's side, not our allies who would help us defeat ISIS. You know, one of the things we have to start with is understanding that we must stand up to adversaries. So Hillary Clinton famously asked, what difference does it make how four Americans died in Benghazi? This is the difference it makes, Mrs. Clinton. When terrorists purposefully attack an American embassy and kill four Americans, including an ambassador, and the next morning you get up and you lie about a videotape that doesn't represent our values, instead of saying the United States of America was purposefully attacked by terrorists and we will seek retribution, then you are saying to every adversary and every terrorist organization on the planet it's open season that mrs clinton is what difference it makes
2: that's who should be president it's powerful ed i'll admit it's powerful i want a president that makes the hair stand up on my arms when when they speak they speak strong and you know what donald trump is strong but not like not like uh not like carly and and donald trump can't be bought Carly's Carly's worth sixty million dollars, and uh, it's not it's not foundation money that she got people to donate for making speeches, or it's her money uh, from uh, her time in in private industry. Um, they went on to ask her, and these are a lot of clips that people haven't heard because I DVR'd it so we could watch it at night. Almost fell asleep from the from watching the main <laughs> debate, and I said, okay, the, the 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 early debate was only an hour. Don and I went to bed and watched it watch it in bed. It, uh, you know, except for the Carly parts, it was going to put me to sleep too. But here she's here she's asked about uh, uh, her three page tax code.
6: We have a professional political class of both parties. We have been talking about the same issues for election cycle after election cycle. Yeah, government is big and out of control, and the only way to get it under control is to control the money. And the only way to control the money is to ask the federal government to budget the way you do, to examine every dollar, to cut any dollar, to spend, uh, to move any dollar. The fancy word for that is zero-based budgeting. I call it common sense. That three-page tax code I talk about all the time here in Iowa, it's been around for 20 years. But politicians don't want to talk about it, and you bet the lobbyists don't want to talk about it. In fact, nobody wants to vote on a three-page tax code or zero-based budgeting, although they've both been around for a long time. You know why? Because if you get those two things done, you are goring everybody's ox. You are taking the political establishment apart. You are actually challenging the status quo, which is what we need in the Oval Office. So you know who I'm going to count on? The citizens of this great nation, because you have extraordinary power. But when you do not use it, you are losing it. So take out your sm- smartphones, folks. The people of Iowa know what I'm talking about. You take out your smartphones. If you agree with me, that three-page tax code needs to be passed. Lobbyists aren't going to be in my office. If you agree we got to finally pass zero-based budgeting, take out your smartphones. Press 1 for yes, ladies and gentlemen. Press 2 for no. Citizens, we must take our country back.
2: That's absolutely right. If you want to, if we want to take the, we got to gut, we got to gut the 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 political establishment and the people that are putting all the money behind it, and you know buy our country back.
3: Well, you know, look, uh, Carly Fiorina is impressive, but again, her poll numbers are kind of nowhere. Would I like to see her maybe in the VP spot? Absolutely. Will she be our candidate? Probably not.
2: Okay. Well, if if the if Iowa if Iowa makes makes the decision that I hope they do. And she comes in, comes in in the top three and mm-hmm. she starts getting a ton of money flowing into her, uh, because a lot of people aren't donating money cause they don't think she has a chance. I have, I've given her, I've given her a little bit of money and I'm waiting to see if she has a chance. I don't know that she does, but she's the one that should, um, if that happened would you change your change your opinion? If what happened? If she came in the top 3 and all no. of a sudden she had a chance.
3: No. I'm I'm with Ted Cruz all the way. I think Ted Cruz will win Iowa. Um I think he's I think, sharp.
2: I think Ted Cruz is not necessarily eligible to be the president.
3: All right. Well, again, we and he was kind
2: of silly last uh, on Thursday night yeah. so uh, let's listen to they she had one other one other uh, we have one other clip from Carly that I want to uh, play because uh, if she's if she doesn't do well we won't hear her on the stage unless she's uh, uh, unless Trump picks her as his running mate let's play the next one
6: What I have said is that in the process of examining every dollar, cutting any dollar and moving any dollar, we happen to know that in this vast federal bureaucracy, we have about 260,000 federal government employees who are going to retire and we shouldn't replace them. Secondly, in Hewlett Packard, as you know, the people of Iowa know this, we went through a tough time, the worst technology recession in 25 years. A great company called Gateway used to be right here in Iowa, but they didn't make the tough calls necessary to save all those jobs and so they lost every one of those jobs yes I've had to make some tough calls we saved 80,000 jobs we went on to grow to hundred and sixty thousand jobs and frankly I think the American people know we need a president who's gonna make some tough calls so let me tell you where I'm gonna start the American people got a bill passed through Congress that said we could fire the top 400 senior executives at the VA for dereliction of duty when we know that 307,000 veterans have died waiting for health care and the VA handed out $142 million worth of bonuses for superb performance. I'm going to start by firing 400 senior executives at the VA.
2: I like that. I like that. I like that. Uh, Hey, you know, why can't we balance our budget? Why can't we, why can't, why do we have to, why do we have to spend? I think we'll have our, our budget balance within 10 years. Why can't we just do it this year? Why can't there's all kinds of stuff we can cut out. Um, your comments,
3: you know, I just I'm just listening to her inhale actually because she talks so quickly that you know she's like, and then and then and then. And then and I mean, it's it's kind of impressive. Uh, it's just like a non stop train of thought that very few people have. Yes, she's an impressive lady. Uh, again, uh, the candidate probably not, but we'll see. We'll see. We got some surprises coming up and it's gonna start happening here pretty quick.
2: Oh, yeah, it's gonna and it's gonna be fun, fun, fun. We'll have you uh, have you back to uh, thanks to do the point counterpoint. Absolutely, Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, thanks for listening to the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, and his name is Scott McAfee. Thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll be back again with you next week.